Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. To talk to you today about a very important topic. Um, really, it's kind of a taboo topic, which makes me kind of excited because I kind of like talking about taboo topics. But I want to talk to you about building beyond ourselves, building uh, beyond ourselves. And we're, we're talking today about giving, we're talking about money. Come on, somebody. We're talking about money. Everybody said, oh, no, the church just wants my money. I'm glad you think that, but you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? You know, tr- I believe this is we're, t- we're kind of talking about uh, building beyond ourselves. Legacy is this. It's this concept of, okay, I want to go and I want to give to the purpose of something that lasts beyond me. Here at Experience Church, I believe this, that one day when I get old and retire, this church will continue to build and create and, and community and continue to make an impact in the city and beyond this city. It's not just Pastor Jordan and Ashley's dream. No, this is God's dream. It's not just Pastor Jordan and Ashley's church. No, it's God's church. And so we're building something here that lasts beyond ourselves for generations to come. And our giving uh, is part of that. And so Matthew chapter six and verse 21, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart also will be. There you, wherever your treasure is, there's your heart. You know, I, I was thinking about this these last few weeks and you know, there's not many things in life that we think about more than money. There's not many things in life that we think more about than money. Let me explain. You may not be actually thinking about your bank account. Some of y'all are trying to forget your bank account. Come on, somebody. But what I'm talking about is this. We always have this concept, okay, if we're working, we're trying to think, okay, how are we going to pay our bills? Maybe we're trying to think of how we can get that promotion. You hear there's a promotion happening, and so our minds think about the promotion. If you're an investor, you're thinking about the investments that you're making. If, if you're saving, you're thinking about how much you should save. You're thinking about how much is in your saving, savings account. If you're, in, if you're in school, you're thinking about, okay, when I get out, how, how can I make money? If we don't have enough, we're thinking about how do I get enough to make money? Our, our life is constantly constantly processing and thinking about finances. So here's what happens. Oftentimes we talk about finances and we think a lot about finances, but then we get in the church, we think, well, the church should not talk about finances. Well, that's completely wrong. Why? Because God believes in finances and believes in talking about finances. Why? Because it says it right here, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. You want to know what you value. Look at what you spend your money on. You want to know what you care about, look at what you spend your money on. You'll see very quickly what you care about. And so again, I believe this, it's biblical concept. It's the thought process of understanding. Okay, we want to build beyond ourselves. Okay, am I spending my treasure on helping leave a legacy and continuing to leave a legacy and what God has called me to in my life? In in 1 Timothy chapter four and verse six, 1 Timothy, excuse me, chapter six and verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people eager for money have wanted wander from the true faith and pierce themselves with many sorrows. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The New King James Version says the, 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 the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the root of evil. And so what happens is we can become so consumed with money. Here's what happens. Without even realizing, we can start idolizing finances. Giving helps me keep money from being an idol in my life. Giving 
Everybody's real quiet, praise God. Giving keeps me from allowing money to become an idol in my life. And so this is why God constantly throughout the scripture, all throughout the scripture, talks about giving. Now, this may be your first time, you're like, oh man, here we go. Churches are talking about money. Or maybe you're in here and you say, well, you know, I give and I'm a giver, so I'm good, so I can check out. Or maybe you're in the place and you say, you know, I wanna give, but I'm at the place where I can't afford to give. I don't have the means to give. And so you check out. Well, I wanna encourage you, whatever season you may be in, I wanna encourage you, I believe that this word is for all of us, that we should be people that are givers. Whatever that looks like, we'll talk about that in a minute as far as percentages and amounts and all that, those things. But I believe that we should have the heart that is wanting to give. Why? Because we know that God first gave to us. And so our heart is that we would respond to that and we would give of what he's asking. Again, I believe this. I believe that giving is a, is a commandment from God. God wants us to be givers. Why? Because he knows where my treasure is, is where my heart is. And so if I'm not willing to give, then I'm holding on to the treasures for myself. And so now my, my heart is filled with greed or with selfishness. And we see it in our country. We see it in our world. There are people that are consumed with finances to the point of where there's so much greed and there's so so much selfishness and God is wanting us as believers, if you call yourself a Christian, to live different. I believe God's called us to leave a legacy, building beyond ourselves. And I, I'm telling you, I'm excited about this because we haven't really as much, too, too much at Experience Church talked about finances and money and giving, but I'm excited to do so today. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 41, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple. And he watched as crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in, put in large amounts. Praise God for that. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two, two small coins. Another translation says two mites. We'll explain that in a second. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor woman has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, she, poor as she is, has given everything that she had to live on. This woman is, is, is going to the temple and Jesus is in the temple and he's watching as people are coming and they're giving their tithes, they're giving their contributions, they're giving their offerings and he sees these rich people giving these very large amounts, which is great. And, and they don't talk bad about that. Then he says this, these, this woman he sees, who's a widow, who's poor, she comes with two small coins, two mites. If you look up the context of what mites were, mites right now in the context of what our, finding, of what our money is worth, it's, about, it's worth about an eighth of a penny. So she didn't even have a penny's worth of finances and she gives it. It's all she had, the scripture says. And Jesus notices this and he looks at the disciples and he says, I wanna teach you something about giving. He said, I wanna show you something. He said, I want you to know this woman has given more than these people that have given large amounts. And I'm sure the disciples were like, come on, Jesus. Like, you see the amounts, you see the differences. But Jesus, here's what it is. Jesus was not looking for an amount. Jesus was looking for a heart. The heart that says, I'm willing to give even if it costs me something. It's the heart that says, I desire to be a person that is giving. Why? Because I understand God has called me and asked me to give. I want to break this scripture down very quickly on really the context of, of, of building beyond ourselves. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 41, it says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple. He's in the temple. There's a collection box in the temple. 
Jesus is in the temple. Jesus is sitting near the collection box in the temple. And Jesus is watching people give to the collection box. What does this show me? It shows me this. We must first understand giving is biblical. Giving is biblical. Giving is biblical. We can say, oh, well, you, you, you know, and now people can, 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 can use this and they can try to mis, uh, manipulate people with giving. That's not what we're talking about today. I'm gonna give you very practical biblical application on what it looks like of, of really what, it, what giving is. Giving is biblical. The tithe is 10%. We say it every week. Y'all hear us t- say it here. We, we believe the tithe is 10% and, it's 10% and offering is anything above that. What does that look like? Where does that come from? I wanna show it to you right here in the scripture as we go to Le- Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. It says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. A tithe comes from the Hebrew, Hebrew word tenth. This is the first mention of as far as the command of giving or the command of tithe. It says a tithe must, must come from everything from the land, whether grain or soil, the fruit of the trees, and it all belongs to the Lord. 10% of when we're talking about tithe, 10% of what I, I make belongs to the Lord. It's God's. Now we're like, oh, well, I made this money and I earned this money. And that's great. You can feel that way. The way I look at it is, is this. God has given me all 100%. And so if he's given me 100%, the least I can do is give 10%. It's a command from the Lord. God desires for us to be a people that understand he is longing for us to give 10% to him. Okay, let me keep going. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, bring a whole tithe, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and, is, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room to store it. Here's what he's saying. Listen, bring the whole 10%, bring the whole tithe to the Lord, to the storehouse. Oftentimes people think of theolo- theologians, look at the, the storehouse as a local church. Bring your tithe, your tenth to the local church. And then he says this, He says, test me in this. Do you know in the scripture, this is the only time God ever says to test him. In fact, you can read in the New Testament, God says, don't test God. God says, don't test me. Do not test me. Don't test the, but in here, he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring your tenth. I want you to bring your tithe. And I want you to test me in this and watch what happens. He says, I'll open the floodgates of heaven and I'll pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room in your bank account to store it. Praise God. I'm looking for that. Come on, somebody. Here is what's cool about this. See, the the biblical principle of tithe is not a commandment. It's not one of the Ten Commandments. In the Ten Commandments, we can go down, and one of them does not say give 10%. But God is asking of 10%. He does tell us to give 10%. But here's what's cool. It's a principle, but from the principle, attached to it is a promise. We we live out the principle, and from the principle, and he promises Test me in this and you'll see that I'll bless you. Now, we don't give based on blessing. I don't give my 10% to the Lord based on, okay, God, if I give to you, you're gonna give back to me more than I ever thought would be possible. Now, I know he's going to, because I know God has a, is a God that has way more than I have. I know he's going to bless me, but I don't give thinking, okay, I wanna give this 10% because God's gonna give me back 40%. 
That's the wrong heart. The heart is this. God, you've given me 100%. The least I can do is give you 10%. And as I give you 10%, God, I'm gonna trust you with the, uh, the rest of my money. And I know, God, you're gonna provide every need that I have in my life. See, oftentimes we want God to be provider, but we don't wanna be givers. I believe this, there's, an, there's a promise to attach to the principle. As I become a giver, God blesses me and becomes even more of a provider. Does that make sense? It's, it's vital that we understand this as we walk out and live the principle of understanding God has asked us to give. Mark chapter 12 and verse 17 says, Well then, Jesus said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. See, people say, well, the tithe is an Old Testament principle, like New Testament's not. Here's Jesus literally saying in the New Testament, give to Caesar, pay your taxes, and then he says, and give to God what's God's, pay the tithe. And again, when we say pay, it's not like, okay, I gotta pay this, or God's gonna smite me. That's not it at all. It's this, uh, this response of understanding. I wanna give to God what's God's, because I know in the end it's his. Does that make sense? So important that we want to understand this as we walk this out. Now, here's what I know. I wrote this down. Uh, 10% of our first fruits. This is what the scripture says. 10% of our first fruits. People have asked me, no joke, this is a true story. You may wonder this. They say, you're the pastor, do you tithe? They ask me that. Do you're the pastor, do you tithe? Since it's your church, do you tithe? First answer and first thing I say is one, it's not my church. I'm just stewarding what God is doing in Tallahassee. It has nothing to do with me. It's not my church. Yes, the answer is I tithe. Well, why do you tithe? You're the pastor. I tithe because in the end, I'm not giving to a church. I'm giving to God. So here's what happens. We can think, hear me. I'm just gonna talk to you for a second. We can think in the concept of, okay, I'm giving to this church and now the responsibility is on this church to do whatever it is supposed to do. No, the, resp- the concept should be I'm giving to God and I'm gonna let the church, I'm gonna let God be responsible for overseeing and doing whatever he wants to do in the church. Does that make sense? And so here's what happens. Sometimes we think tithe can be a tip. Y'all know you go to the restaurant and you base your tip on how they do. They're friendly with you. They're good to you. They're quick on their giving you the drinks. They're pouring the drink before you can sip it. You know what I'm saying? You're going to drink and you, you can't even do it. They're bringing you food quickly. They're being friendly. If you're a guy, the girl's flirting with you. You know what I'm saying? You're getting hyped about it, ladies, gentlemen. Shame on you. <laughs> and so then you tip based on that performance. That is not the tithe. We do not tithe based on performance. That would mean that I'm a circus act for you. That would mean these worship people up here are all circus acts. We're not performers. We are servants of the, of the king. And so here's what we're doing. We're serving him with our lives. And God is asking you now to say, okay, God, I want to serve you with my life by the way that I give the tithe. Does that make sense? Tithe is not a tip. If we get the concept of tithe as a tip, here's what we're gonna do. Now we're gonna base what we give on the, how we feel in a circumstance or a situation or a service. Does that make sense? And so, it's okay? I just did it on the video, I'll do it now. A tithe is not based on a performance. Here's what a tithe is. A tithe is based on my response of my heart. And so it's so vital that we understand this. We give our first fruits. Now, here's the thing about first fruits. We're talking about tithing. Tithing is the 10%. Then after that comes offering. For some of us in this room watching online, tithe is easy. If that's the case, then it's not just, it doesn't just stop at my first fruits. It's an it's a honoring God and asking God, God, what is it that you want me to give? I know people that give 20%. 
We can sometimes limit our giving based on, this is our 10% and this is the strict of what we give. And that's great. That's, that's, that should be the bottom line. But then it doesn't stop there. If God is continuing to bless us, then I go back and say, okay, God, are you asking me to give more? Are you asking me? I want, again, y'all know I say this all the time. I want to be someone that's generous. God, am I giving enough to you? Because I know if I give to you, God, you're going to give back, but also you're going to be able to help and minister and impact people in this city and beyond the city, in this country, and in this world. So God, what are you asking of me? Give to God. What is God's? People ask me all the time, do you tithe? No, yes, I do. Not no, I don't. Yes, I do. In fact, the church, we tithe as a church. Like, what does that mean? I'll just give you basic finances of what we do here as the church. Well, we, we live on the principle of 10, 10, 80. Uh, I live that in my life. We live that here as, as a church. We give 10, 10, 10, 10, 80 means we spend 10% on tithe. We tithe, that goes to all outreach, that goes to missions. We spend 10% of every dollar we, we brought, get brought in goes to outreach and, and, and missions. And in fact, many of you know this, like if you see the outreaches we're doing, we're going way beyond 10% already this year, which I'm super hyped about because I'm grateful that you're so generous that we're able to be generous and so we're going beyond that then we do 10% of our saving we, we 10% of what we, we we get we bring into savings to the, we, we're believing for future things like buildings and continue to build what God's called us to do here in this in the city and beyond the city and then we spend 80% the in, of the income of what we get 80% of that goes to the church finances of whatever it is that we're doing all the different things we do throughout the week all the things that we do everything that we need is the electricity all the different things so we, we live a life of principle as a church of the 10 1080. I would encourage you to do the same. It's a principle that helps us continue to navigate the concept of I want to be a giver. And here's what it is. It's the first fruits, meaning this. I don't give myself self the option at the end of the month to see if I have enough. I give first. And then what I do is I balance everything out on, uh, around that. Does that make sense? I believe this. Again, I'm telling you, the tithe is such an important principle that oftentimes gets, gets kind of swayed away because it's kind of a taboo situation and people are like, well, you just want my money. No, to be honest with you, we don't need your money. God does not need your money. Let me help you out. God does not need my money. He does not need your money. God does not need our money. God wants our hearts. And he knows that our money is very close to our heart. And so what he wants us to do is say, okay, I know money's close to your heart. So I want you to give because I know if you give, you're proving your treasure is where your heart is and your heart is in me. Does that make sense? It's so important that we understand this again. So it's not, it's not this concept of I have to give because the church needs it. No, I, here's what I believe. I mean, we, we started the church without people giving. We, here's what it was. We, I know God, this is God's church. He wants this church to continue to grow and do the things he wants to do. So God's gonna bring the people. God's gonna bring the finances. And so again, don't get caught up in, oh, Jordan's trying to get me to, to give to this church. That's not it at all. I'm trying to get you to understand the principle of giving because there's a blessing that comes through giving. If we're going to be known for one thing, let us be known as a people that give. Mark chapter 12 and verse 41, it says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. I love this. He's sitting in the temple. He's there. He's showing us a biblical principle that giving's in the temple. They're giving to the collection box. There's a giving principle. And then it says, he watched as the crowds dropped in their money. He watched God sees every penny that we give. 
God sees our giving. We do not give, here's what it is. Giving is biblical, but giving is not for approval. Giving is not for approval. It is scripture. Here's what happened. These men and these women are coming that, are, that have all these things and they're kind of just giving their little bit here. They're giving their, they're kind of doing their thing. And then this one little woman comes and she gives two little mites or two little coins. And so here's what happens. You would think that, that, that okay, he's gonna approve of the large amounts, but the small amounts he's gonna say, eh, I don't know if I would deal with that. I don't know if you should do. And here's what it is. We oftentimes as believers, hear me, we can give for different reasons. We can give based on needing the thought process or desiring the, 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 the need for redemption. We do not give based on redemption. Nothing you can give, you can give your whole bank account and you will still not be saved. You will not get to heaven by how much you give. You will not get to heaven, I'll say it again, Based on what you give, God's not going to get to heaven with you and you're going to be at the judgment seat and God's not going to be like, you, you, your whole life, 10%, 11%, you, wow, you're so good, come on. You live like a hypocrite the rest of the time, but come on in. No, here's what it is. God, it, our, our giving has nothing to do with our redemption. Our redemption has to do with us believing in what Jesus did for us and believing in him and knowing he's Lord of our lives. It has nothing to do with our giving. Our giving is not for redemption. Our giving is a response to our redemption. And so we have to understand this. I'm living out of a response mentality, not of I have to, I have to. Oh my gosh, God's gonna be mad at me or God's gonna be angry with me if I don't give. And oh my, uh, uh, no, that's not it. Well, I don't have enough and I haven't been paying my bills and now I'm supposed to give and I don't wanna do it. No, it, relax, breathe. Giving is supposed to be a joy. It's from a response of knowing, oh my goodness, God has given me everything. He's given me redemption. He's given me forgiveness. He's given me healing. He's given me for, uh, freedom. He's given me finances. And so from that, now out of that response, that overflow of gratefulness, now I gotta give. Another way people respond with giving, they can, we can think it's through for redemption, but also it could be for recognition. It could be this concept of, okay, I'm gonna walk around. I, I want people to know that, oh, I'm a giver. Oh yeah, I, I gave $500. Man, look at me. I love this scripture in, 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 in Matthew chapter six and verse one. Check this out. It says, take heed that you do not do charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from, from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you, are a when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have, they have their reward. That is it. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. See, what we can do is sometimes we can give and we want people to feel like, oh, because we can give. We want people to know that we gave. We want people to see that we gave. I always tell people, and I do it myself, like I'm always trying to find ways to give where nobody knows. 
I've done things, and you probably have too, where I go to restaurants and there's somebody that I don't even know sitting at a table and they're, they're eating. And I just, I, I tell the waitress, I want to pay for their meal. Don't, you cannot tell them that it's me. Other than that, just, just pay for, the, I'll pay for their meal. I've gone to fast food restaurants and, and coffee shops and I paid for people behind me. And I say, don't tell them until I leave. I've had one dude in a truck sometime. He chased me down just to tell me thank you. He like revved in. I was like, I'm scared almost. I don't know what happened. Why? Because the heart is this. The heart is not, I need you to say, ah, you're such a good person. No, the heart is this. God, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for what you have given me that I can't help but give. There is no one on the planet more generous than God. If that's the case, then I want to be a person that is living like Christ. I want to be somebody that is always being generous with what I have and the things that God has given me. I want to be overly generous. I want to be smart. Hear me. I want to be smart and make sure I'm able to pay my bills. I'm not saying that, but I do want to look at my income and I do want to look at my life and say, okay, where can I give? Because I know if I continue to give, I know God's going to bless me, but it doesn't come to that. It comes to God. I'm so grateful. I want to give based out of a response, not for redemption and not for recognition but God because I love you and I love what you've done for me giving it's a concept of living out of response it's not this approval it's not this I need recognition it's not this I need redemption it's that I know God has blessed me so I want to bless those around me second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7 each of you should give what you decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver I love this because he quickly shows us again, like I talked about, talked about being smart. It says not reluctantly, but not also not under compulsion. And it says, you should, each one of you should decide in your heart what to give. Your giving, I love this because Jesus is watching them. God sees our giving. Your giving is between no one but you and God. Your giving is not between me, you and God. Your giving is not between you and your friend and God. Your giving is between you and if you're married, your spouse and God. That's it. Here at Experience Church, we have a thing that we say all the time through our next steps. You've probably heard me say it at Experience Church. You will never hear or you will never, ever, ever from my mouth or any of our staff's mouths, you will never hear us ask you, are you giving? You will never be told you have to give. You will never be told if you don't give, you can't come to this church, you can't lead at this church, you can't serve at this church. That's not, it's not, my responsibility is not to oversee are you giving or not. My responsibility is to get you close to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit begin to challenge you in the biblical principle of giving. You will never, hear me, you will never out of my mouth hear me say, why aren't you giving? Are you giving? How much are you giving? Is it 10%? None of that matters because in the end, the goal is that you would get with Jesus and you would get and allow him to help you decide in your heart, God, what are you asking of me? It has nothing to do with me and you. And so I tell people all the time because I've, I've been to churches. I've known people that have been to churches where they're like, they, they check to see if you're tithing and they ask, where's your monthly? Income? None of that. No, we don't care about all that. What we care about is your heart. And we know if your heart is close to Jesus, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to do what he's called you to do you will never hear us it's between you and God it's literally between you and God if someone tells you otherwise they're wrong literally it's the the concept of 
I wanna live from a place that I understand, God, I'm so grateful for where I am and what you've given me. God, what are you asking of me? Now, God, I wanna walk and live in obedience according to what you've asked of me. Make sense? It's vital that we would live this way. You know, God, again, God doesn't need our money. I love this because Jesus wasn't interested in the amount. You know, a tithe is 10%, but Jesus isn't looking for just an amount. You know, for some, 10% may be too much, and that's totally fine. If that's the case, then you ask God, okay, God, how, what can I give? What is it that in my heart? Because here's what we want to do. We want you to be able to provide for your family. We want you to be able to pay for your children to eat. We, yes, all those things. So it, it's, it's getting to with the Lord, okay, I'm deciding in my heart. Because God, Jesus, in this scripture, was not looking at the percentage or the amount. What he was doing is he was looking at the heart. He wasn't looking at what they were giving. He was looking at how they were giving. Are they giving from a place in their life that says, okay, God, it's yours. My life's yours. My finances are yours. It's yours. And the things that I have is yours. Luke chapter 12, as we close today in verse three, it says, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow who has given me more than, who has given me, has given more than all the rest, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything that she has. Here's what I know. Giving is biblical. Giving is not for approval, but also giving is sacrificial. Giving is sacrificial. You know, one of the reasons why I think this woman caught the attention of Jesus is some of you may know this, some of you may not, but and three days later, Jesus is going to be given his life. Three days later from this moment in the text of this context of what's happening, he knows he's giving his life. He's giving his all. She gives her all financially, and he knows three days from now, God's gonna ask me to give my all. You know, I think Jesus saw a little bit of himself in her. I think Jesus, it, it, it caught his attention because he saw a little bit of himself. He knew she's given everything, but I know I am as well. And you know, I believe this, that we are never more like Jesus. We're never more like Christ than when we're willing to give. And I'm not just talking about giving to this church. Hear my heart, because people can take things out of context. I'm not just talking about giving to this church. I'm talking about living a life of generosity to those around us. It's a sacrificial. Here's what my giving has to cost me something. These men and these women were giving amounts and they were just percentages or they just whatever. And here's what happened. That Jesus was like, okay, that's great. But he wasn't focused on that. He was focused on the one who was willing to say, you know what? My giving's costing me something because I know what Jesus gave for me costed him everything. We're never more like Christ than when we give in Many of you know this, you probably all know this, Jesus, he was willing to give his life. The greatest gift of giving we could have ever received is Jesus gave his life. God the Father gave his son, why? So that you and I could receive redemption, so that you and I could be forgiven, so that you and I could be in right relationship with the Father, so that we could be forgiven and removed of the sin and the shame and the guilt. It all comes based on the response of knowing who Jesus is and what he did for us. His sacrificial giving now paved the way for us as humans to say, I I want to live the same way. That is this. I want to live in a way that my giving costs me something. If my giving's easy to me, then maybe I need to up my giving a little bit in my heart and what I'm doing. Why? Because I want my giving to cost me something. Why? Because Jesus paid it all for me. 
And I'm not just talking about this church. You may want to give to missions, and you, want to make, you may want to give to other things. That's between you and God. It's between you and God. But I do know this. God is looking for a people that will live a life of generosity. We are so consumed with spending, we can buy new TVs. Come on, somebody, I like TVs. We can buy new cars and new boats and we can buy new bikes and I like bikes. I'm trying to learn how to ride a bike, praise God. That's a joke, kinda. We can spend money on gyms and we can spend money on clothes and shoes and oh my gosh, shoes have gotten so expensive. Can I just cry a little bit? Like I see all the people wearing all the cool shoes and I go shop for them. I'm like, I'm, I can't do that. I don't know how y'all got money. All the new Jordans, they're expensive. We spend all our money on all different types of things, and those things are great. I'm not saying don't buy new shoes. I'm not saying don't buy boats. In fact, buy a boat, take me with you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Call me. I'm not saying don't spend money on yourself to enjoy your life. No, I believe God does bless us so that we can enjoy life in the seasons we're in. But it starts with the response of knowing God wants me to first be a generous giver. And I know this, and y'all have heard me say this a thousand times. You will never outgive God. You will never outgive God. Oh my gosh, you will never outgive God. No matter what you give, I'm telling you, you will never outgive. I've never been able to outgive God. Never. Ever, 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 ever. And, I, I, and y'all know, like some of our staff, they know, like I, I try to always be people that, uh, that uh, want someone that's giving and someone that's being generous and someone that they need help. Just the other day, I was with someone who's an ARC church planner and he's, he's, he's doing things and he's portable. And I, st- we, I started praying as I'm talking to him. I'm like, okay, God, what are you asking of me? What, are you, what, is, it, what is it you're asking me to give to them? Why? Because God, in the end, I know everything I have is because of you. And so I want to make sure that I'm always living generous. I want it to cost me something because I know I know you cost it it costed so much for you to give your life and yet you loved me so much you were willing to do it and so God here's where I'm at I love you so much that I want it to cost me something and so I'm willing to give even if it hurts a little bit I want to challenge you I'm not saying go broke but here's what I am challenging you I'm challenging every person in this room watching online to begin to ask God how can I be generous how can I be generous? Maybe you're in school, you're like, I don't make any money. I'm broke, praise God, for a college student. I remember being very young. And I remember my dad would give us, and y'all gonna hate on me, but it's okay. My dad would give us $2 a week allowances. $2. Now, you can't even buy a pack of gum for $2. He would give us $2. And I remember him teaching us. It's a very young age. Okay, how much of that goes to God? And I remember from a very young age thinking, 20 cents is a lot. <laughs> but I learned from a young age that it's not, amount, it's not about the amount. It's about the posture of my heart. And so here's where I'm at. God, the 20 cents, it's not going to change the world. Maybe it will. He'll take 20 cents and make it $20 million. I don't know. That's God. But 20 cents in our natural brains won't change the world. But God, it's not about the amount. Two mites, two one-eighths of a penny. So that's two-eighths of a penny's value. He's not going to change the world in our concepts. But God is not looking for the amount. What he's looking for is the heart. And so maybe you don't make a lot. You may make only five bucks a week. 
Well, I would encourage you to begin to ask God with this $5, God, what are you asking of me? Because I believe this, I believe it. God wants us to be a people, to learn the principle, especially young people, to learn the principle at a young age. For those of us that are older and more stuck in our ways, we have to realign and readjust and rethink because we've thought things through no matter how long it's been. Okay, now I need to change my heart, my mind, no matter what it is. God, what are you asking of me? Why? Because I want to be an individual that is always leaving a legacy. One of the greatest ways we leave legacy is by giving. Because what we're doing is we're saying, God, what's in my hands, I can only work so much. But God, when it's in your hands, you can take it and you can change things. I encourage you in this room, we're closing. Let us be a group of individuals that live lives of generosity. Amen. Can we pray today, Father? I thank you.